We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tambella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And since we are in NFL season, uh, I decided to make the trivia theme NFL players. We'll see how, how well you guys know. Now, today, we, uh, this is kind of a little different than normal. We have two special guests. Uh, first, a friend of mine who is a four-time Academy Award winner, Ben Burt, sound creator for the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises, as well as the voice of the move for the movie WALL-E, and creator of the sounds for E.T., as well as a host of other movies, and welcoming back Dane Moeller of Primary Residential Mortgage. So we're going to talk a little fun movie stuff, and then we'll uh, talk a little business uh, mortgage stuff. So uh, Ben and uh, Dane, welcome welcome back, Dane, and welcome, Ben, to The Best of Investing. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. All right. So um, Ben, tell us, uh, first, how did you get started uh, doing movies and then you know working your way up to the to the point where you got to work with George Lucas and Spielberg, et cetera. Basically, I didn't want to grow up. So yeah. uh, <laughs> as the 10-year-old, 12-year-old, uh, I started making films in my backyard with my friends. And like boys always do, the films were violent and full of fights and spaceships, airplanes, and our yeah. antics in the yard. Yeah. And we found it, 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 we loved doing it. It was a form of play originally, but we made films and got much more serious about it in high school age and started learning a bit about cameras. And one of my hobbies all along had been sound recording okay. because when I was quite small, six, I was ill. I was in, confined to the house in bed. Mm. My father, who was a university professor, brought home a big machine it was a tape recorder now in the mid-1950s a tape recorder was very high tech you yeah. didn't oh, yeah. have it in their home so showed me how to record things of course it was it had to stay in the house it was so heavy yeah but i started recording my voice and my friends and then i started recording television shows and you yeah. know and listening to them and i got very interested in how a movie soundtrack was put together especially the sound effects uh, but it was just a hobby. It was only a hobby and one of my interests, uh, along with sports and other things in in that time period. Um, okay. To continue on, I kept it as a hobby. I went to Allegheny College, 
-huh. in Pennsylvania for education. I, I got a degree in physics. I thought I would be a scientist, maybe teach or go on to uh, be an astronaut and go into space because the that was the time in which the moon oh, yeah. landing were first taking place. Um, and I, but I still maintain this hobby of movie making. And in the summers when I was off from school, got together with my friends and over two summers, we made a, a big feature film, you might say, called Yankee Squadron. And it was a World War One aviation action epic. And we did it for fun. It involved a lot of special effects to make, make it look like we're flying. Um, and that film won a national award, uh, the National Student Film Festival, and entered it. And so that was a surprise. Uh, of course, the film had a soundtrack, which played on a tape recorder along with the First. movie. They, you had to synchronize it by just stopping and starting the machines. Yeah. So it's a relatively crude system. Um, and I began to think that this hobby of movie making was going to be, um, you know, it was going to be get bigger in my life. Uh, didn't know how to do it and still be a scientist. Huh. But an, a very interesting thing happened. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke, the author, science fiction author, who also wrote the screenplay for 2001. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Which had come out while I was in college. and I was fascinated with that movie. He came to the campus at Allegheny as a guest to talk about... Uh, geostationary satellites he was a he, he envisioned a lot of the technology we have today with computers uh and i was his escort and i had some time with him in the classroom while we were waiting for an hour or two and i asked him about how they did 2001 how they did the special effects and he went up to the blackboard and drew pictures and i really got drawn into visual effects and and so on and I realized that he was a science fiction writer and a scientist, and somehow we combined them and made movies. So I realized maybe there's I could do this in a career. So I, after college, I uh, I went to a grad school at Syracuse University, learned some things about cameras and film that I didn't know. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. We'll come back in and then we'll, we'll get right into uh, all the exciting stuff. Uh, I mean, which is good. This is a good, good uh, background. And then we'll get into, uh, you know, star Wars and all that. Okay. Here is our first trivia question and we're talking NFL players. And again, just as a reminder, if you know the answer, gentlemen, don't say anything until we get back from break. Okay. I was the first quarterback. We're actually going to give you a few hints on this too. I was the first quarterback to start more than 200 consecutive games I was drafted by the Falcons in 1991. I was the first player to win three NFL MVP awards. Who am I? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guests, Ben Burt and Dane Moeller. First trivia question, uh, NFL players. I was the first quarterback to start more than 200 consecutive games. I was drafted by the, by the Falcons. Of course, that's kind of almost a trick because you don't think of them as a Falcon. Uh, I was the first player to win three NFL MVP awards. Who am I? Anyone? I'm terrible at sports trivia, but... Uh... Okay. I know that Brett Favre has the longest streak. So I'm yes, go with that Brett one Favre. Do. That's right. Everyone, you know, knows he plays for the Packers, but he actually was drafted by the Falcons. 
Oh, well. Did he got trained? Oh, okay. oh, I was, was going to over 200. I just knew he had the longest you one. You knew it. Very, very good. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's great. My guess was Darth Vader. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which we're going to get into in just a second here. Just want to make a quick mention here for the Palio Restaurant in San Francisco. It's been voted best restaurant by San Franciscans. So you know it's got to be good. I've eaten there before. It's great. It's in the heart of downtown. Palio, P-A-L-I-O restaurant, phenomenal food. They just redid the restaurant about a year or so ago. It's awesome. Check them out. Okay, so we are in the, in the studio here, so to speak, Zoom-wise, with uh, Ben Bird, who's uh, won actually four, I think, is, is that correct, four Academy Awards? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, okay. So uh, can you can, go ahead and let's shift into how did you get to, you know, uh, work with Lucas for and Spielberg right to the heart of that. Yeah. After college, I got some further uh, education in just the technology of film. I made an animated film and, and got some attention with that. And I got a scholarship to go to USC Cinema. And uh, of course, USC Cinema, if that still does, has a very high reputation for turning out filmmakers. And so I went there as a grad student. And um, I was interested, of course, in many aspects of filmmaking. But I, I, I love sound and I love sound effects. And I was one of the few students that was really interested in creative sound, making things uh, and, and inventing ideas, how to use sound effectively. And that caught the attention of George Lucas, who had been a former USC graduate. I didn't know him, but they were looking for someone to work on a film called The Star Wars, oh, yeah. starring, starring Luke Starkiller. That was the original thing. Oh, and, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was, uh, I got an interview. I was recommended by the university. I was just finishing my degree. And uh, like I finished on Thursday and, and went, had a job interview on Monday. <laughs> wow. Pretty unusual. And I got the job and they wanted some young student type, which I was, that they could, um, you know, pay minimum scale, which was a lot more money than I was earning since I had no job. Sure. And, uh, and I was sent out with a tape recorder uh, and a, a script from the movie. Uh, my first assignment was to figure out a voice for Chewbacca, oh. the Wookiee. <laughs> That's very good. That's, yeah, that's good. You're going to save me time. But they, want, they wanted to uh, develop his voice before shooting takes place because it would affect how the actor would behave in the mask. Oh, yeah. And they wanted to have some confidence that it would work. So went to work on Chewbacca and I looked at the script and there were hundreds of things in it, you know, from weapons to Jawas to Death Stars. Hmm. And I asked, I said, do you, do you want sound for all of this? And the answer was, yeah, go ahead. We see what you can do. So yeah. I spent a year while they were off shooting the movie. And uh, during that time, I traveled all over the L.A. area, basically. To going to aircraft factories, runways, uh, oh, wow. recording animals uh, in marine land of the Pacific, uh, recording all kinds of mechanical devices in factories and uh, automotive shops because the film needed motors and all sorts of things. I, when I recorded the air races in Mojave. Oh, yeah. yeah. At that time, there were no safety restrictions in particular. You could just walk out under the pylons and have planes screaming by at you know 300 wow. miles an hour a lot of those planes became spaceships even though they were propeller warbirds uh, like p-51s yeah. they i would slow them down and, and and they still had a sense of real strong energy 
but they didn't sound like an airplane anymore. And that's what, say, for instance, the Millennium Falcon was based on a P-51 Mustang, pretty much, uh, with some thunderclaps mixed into it um, when it passes by. So I had hundreds of things to create, and yeah. I um, they, didn't, they didn't want to use a normal library that, you, that a studio might have had from other previous science fiction films. Yeah. They wanted to be customized. And, and George Lucas had the concept that he wanted it to all sound real, that is, not synthetic, not electronic sounds, but sounds derived from the real world, rusty hinges or the spaceships and the objects in the film are supposed to be used and utilitarian. So by by recording real things, um, it gave an impression to the listener that these were authentic. It gave a naturalism to it. As long as you could disguise things a little bit so they didn't immediately recognize things. Um, so it was a, a real journey and, uh, it kind of, by the time it was done, the first film, um, I was kind of being referred to as a sound designer, yeah. uh, term, which is it's still used today. It's, it's never been an official term from Hollywood standpoint. Uh, and the success with the first Star Wars film and an Oscar on that one for creating alien and creature and robot voices. Um, led to uh, employment at Lucasfilm for a couple decades and many films. We're going to get into that. Boy, I tell you, this is going to be this going fast, but this is very fascinating stuff because, Dane, I know you're going to ask a a question here and there. All right, guys, second trivia question here. I was the Saints quarterback for most of the 1970s. I never played in a playoff game. The speed limit signs on Ole Miss campus were changed to bear my number. Who am I? All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer wins that tanning certificate. By the way, extra credit if you know what other quarterback came out at the same time. Don't touch that dial. Best of investing. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guests, Ben Burt and Dane Muller. Second trivia question. I was the Saints quarterback for most of the 1970s. I never played in a playoff game. The speed limit signs on Ole Miss campus were changed to bear my number. Who am I? No guess from me. Ben? Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader. Yeah, no, no. Uh, this would be Archie Manning. Oh, Archie Manning. And, oh, wow. and the bonus question, who came out at the same time? There was like neck and neck, and he played for the Houston Oilers. Dan, Pas- Dan Pastorini. Uh, but yeah. that was just an extra bonus question here. Oh, make a mix. Or zero. Yeah, yeah that's right. okay. If you, if you get the next one, then actually next one's even hard. But uh, one out of three gets you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Um, I want to make a quick mention here for Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Pizza the way it ought to be. Every time I even give the commercial to them, I get hungry for pizza and the cheese. Check them out. Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. All right. Ben Burt, a four-time Academy Award winner. Um, you know, it's so funny. Whenever, when I say that, immediately people think, you know, of uh, an actor. But in your case, it's the sound. Um, but actually, you were an actor in Wally. You're the sound. You're the voice of Wally. 
Well, though I, I haven't, I'm actually in the Screen Actors Guild, so even though ah. I'm not a very good actor, I, I have played lots of robots. You know, okay. I'm, I'm the voice of R2-D2, which is an electronic language, which is yeah. fashioned partly out of my own voice and some electronic equipment. Uh, and I did maybe 13 or 14 voices in most of the Star Wars films, you know, incidental, you know, uh, commanders or yeah. stormtroopers at one you're line. Like the Mel, you're like Mel Blanc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not on the, no, I'm not at the peak of the mountain like Mel, Mel Blanc. <laughs> voice, but, okay, but how, how did you get, how did you get the, the sounds for like uh, uh, the lightsaber and Darth Vader's, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Darth, Darth Vader's breathing was done in San Rafael. Huh. It, it it was I was I was visiting. I went over and visited a scuba shop, which is still there today. Oh yeah, over by the freeway, Terra Linda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was called Bamboo Reef, I think. And they had classes in the evening, and I went and asked the 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 owner, "Can I record some of the breathing apparatus that was laying around on the floor by the pool?" Because the students had left and there were different regulators and things and he, he let me do it and so I started recording myself breathing through different mechanisms because yeah. there were different brands I had a tiny little microphone I could slip actually inside the, the regulator so you're getting oh, yeah. a it's like it's like having a microphone in your throat somewhere gotcha, yeah. super close breathing with a, a opening and closing valve as you breathe yeah the old the old style I didn't know it at the time. I recorded several different ones. I took them back to the studio, um, slowed them down just a bit to give them some more mass and mm-hmm. picked one particular breathing I had done as and tried it out for Darth Vader. So, and it stayed there forever. That's it's, awesome. And then for the lightsaber, how did, uh, how did that come about? The lightsaber was one of the very first things I, I did. It was strange because I saw a painting at the time of my job interview they showed me some artwork done by ralph mcquary who was the concept artist for star wars he had a picture of these uh, vader and uh, ben kenobi fighting with lightsabers glowing sticks and i I had an immediate idea what that should sound like this humming sound and i was a movie projectionist at the time it's a part-time job and in the booth of the campus movie theater where I projected there was a a projector that had a motor attached to it that when you turned it on had a great hum it just sang like a little musical note especially if you leaned against it and grabbed the flywheel and pushed it and stressed it a bit and um and so I recorded that um later I added a little bit of a accidental sound I recorded which was I had a microphone too close to the back of the television and it, it picked up the buzz from the TV picture tube. Remember picture tubes before? Oh, yeah, sure. Before this place. You're, you know, you're sort of like the MacGyver of uh, uh-huh. sound, you know, just pick this, pick this, try to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, you get a, you get things in your head. You get a list of things. And then as you're going around the, the, the real world, you discover them. Uh, yeah. you, may, you may set it out to do one sound on a given day. Like once I went to White Sands Missile Range, to record rocket launches, hmm. thinking they'd be great for spaceships. I needed something with a lot of rumble and roar. And and the rockets were not that interesting. They were not what I expected. They sounded very crackly and kind of thin. Huh. But the air conditioner at the Las Cruces Motel, something was wrong with it. <laughs> 
while I'm sleeping, you hear a you know a throbbing sound, and I put my microphone on that, and that was the spaceship, you know. So that was the success of the mission. Of course, you realize now the next time we watch a Star Wars film, we're we're gonna be it's not gonna sound the same. Yeah, that's the air conditioner. Yeah, you. It's always making things out of real things. Um, Yeah. It's fun, but especially being science fiction, you have a lot of freedom to design things because you're creating sounds for technology that people are not familiar with. But to to make the illusion complete, if you use real world sounds, real motors, uh, creaky doors, whatever it might be, airplanes, people recognize it as being authentic. You just have to disguise it a little bit, give it the character that you think that should have in the movie. All I know is the, uh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, a lot of, I've been inspired by the Three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> it uh, was one of the things I loved growing up. In fact, I confess, I still watch them. Of course. At least once a week, I see an episode. All right, tell you what, we're going to go to our third commercial Trivia question, Ben Burt, it's been a pleasure. We're definitely going to have to have you on. We're going to spend the next segment talking with Dane because we got to get something about what's going on with mortgage interest rates, all right? Third trivia question, my nickname, we're talking football players, my nickname is a classic video game character. I scored four touchdowns in 2006. I was suspended by the NFL for the 2007 season. Who am I? So the the, the real uh, trick here is the... uh, uh, video game character is his nickname. Yeah, All right. 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. You're listening to the best investing. Don't touch that dial. See, we still use dials here in the, in, in the radio. All right. We'll be right back. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the Best of Investing, Edward Brown, along with Ben Burt and Dane Moeller. All right, our third trivia question on a football player. My nickname is a classic video game character. I scored four touchdowns in 2006. I was suspended by the NFL for the 2007 season. Who am I? Anyone? It's got to be a Mario somebody. Mario? No, No, maybe... uh... Pac-Man? Yes, Pac-Man Jones. Very good, Dane. All right, just classic, classic video games. Classic video games. Okay, so uh, the gentleman who got two out of three, not bad. Uh, Dane Moeller from Primary Residential Mortgage. Tell us what is going on in the real estate market with mortgages. It's been all over the map. Well, I, I mean, the map has only been going one one way. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, the profile of a mountain that you're about to climb and we've been, we've been climbing it. Um, this week hit the highest interest rate since 1996 for mortgages. So, uh, we're going back a long time, uh, since we've seen rates like this, I started 21 years ago doing this and, um, you know, rates are higher now than they were then and they were never higher in between. I, I still remember 1979, 1980, 1981. I think it was 81 when it finally hit the high of like 20 and three quarters percent uh, yeah. prime rate. You know, and every, uh, anytime you talk about high rates, people bring that up. Uh, yeah. But then you have to remember what house prices were at the time. Sure. Good point. Good point. And uh, affordability is, is really the real thing to look at as affordability, right? Uh, yeah. What do people's income related to housing expense? Uh, and we're, we're stressing that right now. I mean, there are still buyers. 
Um, people are still buying houses. It's still happening, the, but uh, we're stressing affordability with our current home prices. Okay. Have they changed levels. the ratios? Like, what is it like the magic number is 34% or 43%? Of your of your income, forty three is the official number, but really you can do up to fifty. I mean, that's that's kind of the forty three is kind of the official government number, but fifty is kind of the accepted number um, generally. And they have that hasn't changed. Just okay. you know, interest rates have pushed up and prices continue to rise. I mean, here in Marin, we saw a little dip uh, through the summer, but now we're seeing prices come back up. I guess that's probably to low uh, inventory. Because I got to think that with interest rates going up the way they have been, you get guys like me who refinanced when the rates were super low during COVID. And it's just practically unaffordable to move because they can't replace that that mortgage at that same rate or anything close to it. So I got to think companies like Home Depot are going to do really well because people are going to say, I'm just going to remodel rather than move. Right. I was thinking today I might want a, a short moving moving van companies because uh, no one's going to be moving, right? Uh, yeah. And contractors have remained extremely busy because, yeah. you know, people are uh, remodeling and figuring how to stay in place because you can't replace the mortgage. In fact, you can't even get double the interest rate that you had, most likely. Yeah. And in California, your property taxes are protected. So unless you're over an a-, a certain age and you're able to move those, you know, most likely if you bought more than three, four or five years ago, you know, property taxes are much lower. So you get a double whammy when you're moving. And uh, now we're seeing really selling and moving out of necessity um, or uh, first time home buyers or second home or investment property buyers. But really the, the standard, hey, move every seven years, you know, as you're career takes off and you save more money and, you know, you kind of do that standard thing that's on pause, you know, and it'll take a number of years for that to work its way out as sales happen. And these interest rates uh, of this, you know, 2021, 2020, 2020 uh, move through the system. So your business, which probably, you know, I I don't know what the percentage was, but a a fair amount of it was refis is now primarily just purchases, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we we're about 50-50 uh, refi purchase, um, and now we're, it's about 95% purchase. Um, wow. Still some refinances. I mean, it's still, there. you know, there. if you look at the debt level uh, in the country, we just passed a trillion dollars uh, collectively of credit card debt, credit card right? Debt. Um, and the savings rates from COVID, uh, when everyone had stimulus checks and uh, was weren't able to go out and save money or spend money, right? Yeah. Uh, saving levels were huge because you were stuck in your house. Uh, savings are way down. Credit cards are way up. Uh, so there are still people that could benefit from refinance if they have, you know, 100, 150,000 in credit card debt, and maybe they only have a three or 400,000 dollar mortgage, right? Because uh, yeah. they're paying 20% over here and yeah, 3% over there, but you know, that 20% is not tax deductible and it's eating them alive. So there are still reasons to refi uh, divorces, uh, partner buyouts. You know, there's, there's things that have to happen. Um, but it's, you know, it's not, no one's, no one's refining just to, you know, save a few bucks on the, on the interest yeah. rate. That's, that is not happening. Well, it used to be a long time ago, you know, when you had to pay a lot of points, it didn't make sense. But then yeah. when it got to be where you paid hardly any points, you just had to do a little bit of paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you, you look at the break even and we try to save people money where, Hey, it costs, you know, in one year you make up the cost of a refi or maybe 18 yeah. months. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what you look at on those. And, you know, it'll, it'll happen again for everyone who's buying now. I mean, the alternative 
So if, if you're somebody like yourself, right, you're, you're comfortable in your house, stay put, right? Maybe yeah. think about a second home if you, you have it. But for somebody who's on the, who wants to be a buyer as a first-time home buyer, buying now can be extremely intimidating. I mean, you have interest rates in the high sevens, you know, yeah. um, intimidating. But if we're waiting another year for rates to fall, home prices are going to rise pretty drastically when rates come down to the fives again. So and, you'll end up with the same thing. They, they, I mean, I was reading that they're probably going to maybe even tick up to the 8% range. Ben, you did, see, I don't know, ben did you have any questions for, for Dane? How can I become richer? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> stay, stay away from mortgage. Um, That's how you can become yeah, richer. Well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're, you're rich in your, your stories in your life and uh, it sounds pretty amazing to me. Oh, I am. Um, I'm thankful for the riches I have. Which yeah, are, you know, I mean, plenty uh, of my great family and grandchildren that are here in Marin. It's great. Yeah. If you had a time machine, which it sounds like something you could invent, quite frankly, and we could all go back to 2009 through 13 or 2019 and 20 and buy every piece of real estate we could possibly convince them to lend us money for, uh, we could all be rich. Uh, because even when those times seem really scary, I mean, you think about 10, 11, 12, those were really scary years. Yeah. And anyone who was, who was brave enough to buy real estate at that time, oh my gosh, you know, they made out. And right now is extremely scary time again. Yeah. And I, I think we'll look back and say, God, 2023, that was crazy. And that was a huge buying opportunity. Uh, why didn't we do it? You when, when you can get it. Well, I remember Warren Buffett had said when we had during the Great Recession, he said, you know, he says, I think you should buy single family homes. He says, if I could figure out a way to manage all of it, he says, I'd be doing that. And yeah. he was right. You know, it's just the challenge of, of trying to, uh, to to manage a whole bunch of different single family homes all over the place. I mean, it's funny because I um, uh, our, our Pacific Southwest Note Fund, the fund that I manage, we have uh, uh, loans all over the country now rather than just in Texas. Uh, but I don't have to manage it because we, we just coup- we just coupon clip, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes, makes it a little easier, easier. Uh, so, Dane, uh, you're and you're an independent mortgage broker. You're not tied yeah. to any one company, um, so it's it's kind of kind of nice to have that independence. Uh, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions on refinancing or purchasing? So, uh, you can always give me a call four one five eight seven zero two seven five two. That's probably the easiest way. Um, or shoot an email. It's D is in David, M is in Mary, O L E R at Prime Res. That's P R I M E R E S as in Sam dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be the easiest way. And happy to chat with anybody whether they want to talk current market or long term plan uh, and see if we can help them out. Very good. All right. Audience, stay with us. The best of investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that down. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guests, Ben Burt and Dane Moeller. Uh, off the air, uh, Ben was starting to ask a, a question to, to, I guess, both of us, but mostly Dane, uh, about the fact that there is a property that George Lucas used to own in San Rafael, where the owner, the current, he sold the building, and the owner is potentially thinking about tearing it down. Is that right? 
Well, that's what we've heard the rumors. I mean, they definitely have ended the lease over there for the filmmakers that were on site. There were independents that were leasing the, the model shop and this theater. Uh, and in, in the, we've been told that it will probably be gutted. Maybe the walls will be there uh, and turned into something else. I don't know what, you know. Yeah. And so I, guess, I, I guess what I would I would say is as a as a because I'm a landlord also is uh, I I don't know how much rent they're paying and what the likelihood is for them to continue on um, and so is it is it worth more to it for for a new use it's you know because you can well you, I'm sure that's what the owners calculated that yeah. there's a, there is a different use for it I guess I'm thinking it more from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. You, you tear down a purpose-built facility, or at least you change it. I mean, it's got soundproof rooms for mixing, yeah. recording. It's got a beautiful theater that's all with velvet seats and a giant screen uh, and a soundstage, which is where you could shoot a whole TV show. Sounds uh, like something that, you know, people should be approaching the city council to designate, you know, cultural or historical significance and, uh, you know, zone it for only its current use. Because otherwise, like Edward was saying, capitalism will push it to whatever uh, could generate more money for the landlord, right? Uh, A nuclear power plant. unfortunate reality of of, the system we have in place that some of these cultural, cool, amazing spots – you know, will will not be that if they're not generating the rent. Well, it's probably it's probably not it's not old enough to be a historic. Maybe you know, cultural. cultural, though. Maybe maybe. Yeah, well, hey, Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars is getting to that historic age. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot happened there. It was industrial lighted magic and sprocket systems. Our sound department things. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, Return of the Jedi was the first film was done there. Uh, all the films over the years. Pixar was born there in a little room. Off to the side is a little research group of scientists. Um, the edit droid, various tools that work their way into the industry have all, you know, become standard items. So there was an invention there because they, Lucas also funded a lot of research and development, which movie studios don't do. So that there was innovative sound, the THX program and the theater alignment program. They changed movie theaters over the whole world. And it came out of the research and the, and the engineers that were working there using that theater as the ultimate standard. Well, if I had George Lucas's money, I'd throw mine away. So, you know, that's, that's probably what they look at. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's he, why they don't he, do as much research, right? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't been involved with it for a few decades. I'm not sure when he sold it. It's been owned by another company and it's leased out to film, you know, they, they up to up to COVID they were doing pretty good business, building models, shooting commercials there. But there's not a lot of Bay Area production. You yeah. know, that's that's all well, in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. and so that's hurt it too. So no, I can I can't argue it as a um, I can only argue it as a cultural yeah. historic. I've just seen so many times purpose-built facilities dismantled, and then sooner or later there's a, a regret that that happened. Yeah. And then and, and why did they do that kind of thing? Um, so I know it has nothing to do with being sound financially. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I think the business might pick up and you can use it again. Well, or, or the city could buy it and then do tours, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or it could be a, it could be a school. Yeah. That, that, good point. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, ben Burt, a uh, four-time Academy Award winner for various movies, uh, all the, the Star Wars uh, trilogies and or not, not even a trilogy anymore. It's like a 
quadrilogy or whatever, and, uh, something like that. And then uh, Dane Moeller from Primary Residential Mortgage. Here's our thoughts for the day. So I accidentally took out my Blockbuster card when I got carded at a bar. Uh, the bouncer said, yeah, never mind. Um, and uh, most people are shocked when they find out how bad I am as an electrician. All right, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.